The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Lord Christ. When they came to the place that is called the Skull, they crucified Jesus there with the criminals, one on his right and one on his left. Then Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they cast lots to divide his clothing. And the people stood by, watching. But the leaders scoffed at him, saying, He saved others. Let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, his chosen one. The soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, If you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. There was also an inscription over him, This is the king of the Jews. One of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, Are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. But the other rebuked him, saying, Do you not fear God, since you are under the same sentence of condemnation? And we indeed have been condemned justly, for we are getting what we deserve for our deeds. But this man has done nothing wrong. Then he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. He replied, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. Have you ever wondered what paradise looks like? In today's gospel, it would be hard to believe that the thief would not have this question swirling around in his mind. After Jesus promises him paradise, we can believe that he was sorely tempted to say, Really? What's it like there? Who else is there? What do we do? But no question or answer is recorded. And the scriptures in general are relatively quiet on this issue. That does not mean we have stopped asking, however. And it's pretty easy to find educated guesses almost everywhere you look. Most of of the theologians I have read offer some thoughts on the matter, whether suggesting the beatific vision or some notion of dwelling in the pure presence of God. One can also turn to poetry and literature. Robert Browning's poem, Aft Vogler, provides an incredible depiction of heaven as a place of sublime beauty, something humans can get a glimpse of on earth through their experience of music. Today's world is no different. If you are a fan of the Harry Potter series, you will find a brief glimpse offered in the final book of the series. And if you've seen the Disney movie, The Princess and the Frog, you can find yet another conception. Needless to say, what heaven is like is probably one of the most commonly considered issues in human history. A few years ago, I had a summer internship as a hospital chaplain. And one of the patients I visited told me of a dream he had, one that was clearly troubling him. 
He dreamed he was traveling in a car or a bus of some sort, and that it had pulled up to a wooded area off of a highway. And there was a grove of trees, and in that grove he could see a group of people. He looked closer, and in that grove it was all of his relatives and friends who had died, and they were there, and they were talking to each other. He tried to go over to them, but he could only get close enough to hear them talking. He could never participate. All he was able to do was to watch them from a distance, and then the dream would end. Now, the patient was concerned about several things. For one, why couldn't he go over to them? He was so close, and all he wanted to do was to be with them again. The answer to me was obvious. And I told him, you're not dead yet. (laughs) I hope I use better words than that. (laughs) At the beginning of our conversation, he had expressed such confidence that this was what he knew heaven would be. But as our conversation went on, he asked me several times, Is that what it's like? Does this sound silly? Before finally encouraging me to look into it and ask around. I told him I would do that. But what else can I say to him? For that matter, where can I look? Who can I ask? If I was more crass, I I could tell him that every major Christian theologian up through the present era would disagree with his vision of heaven. But how would that have helped? Instead, before I left his room, I told him that there was nothing silly or wrong with his vision of heaven. It was beautiful. And there are a few things that any one of us could want more than to spend eternity with the ones we truly love. It isn't necessary to ask around or do some research to know that. But what is it about the definition of paradise that matters to us so much? Why do we need to know what it's like? I think the answer lies in the relation of our conceptions of heaven to our conceptions of what the ideal life is. For Thomas Aquinas, heaven is about coming into the knowledge and love of God in a complete way. It's what he calls the beatific vision. Thus, much of his life was spent in learning and teaching at a university about God and creation, while also growing in love and friendship. Robert Browning saw heaven as the absolute summit of beauty, the realm of sublime perfection. And as such, life for him was about finding and recognizing moments of truth and beauty as they appeared in the world, to love those moments, to live for those moments. For the patient I met with, heaven was the place where our earthly loves were perfected. All those we cared for on earth would come to be there, and there would no longer be separation or distance, but only the pure reality of love shared eternally among friends and family. Life for him, therefore, was about the true appreciation of human relationship about the love that we share between one another.
All this is to say that heaven is not so far away. I think that many of us have had days in our lives that have been so amazing as to make us believe we had truly arrived at bliss. And I do believe that we have glimpses on earth of what paradise might be like. But it is important to acknowledge that our glimpses of heaven will be mixed with the challenges and pains of this life. We need look no further than the place from which Jesus makes this promise of heaven to see this is the case. While hanging from the cross in unimaginable pain, Jesus promises eternal joy. Today you will be with me in paradise. It is only in that setting, however, that those words can truly be meaningful. It is only because we know what God has gone through to know the suffering of humanity that we can accept them as truth. It is only in Christ that we can look at a cross, the instrument of death, the sign of human evil and suffering, and see the promise of life, life most beautiful, most joyful, most perfect. In the midst of our suffering on earth, we have seen glimpses of what is to come. And what we have seen has inspired us to work for more. So I encourage you to find your vision of heaven and live to make it true here, today, and every day of your life to come. Amen.